0: Chaplain, named Robinson told this story in 1946. My father had just returned from the war. On every highway, you would see soldiers in uniform hitchhiking. <laughs> yeah. yeah. The thrill of his reunion was his yeah. of his yeah. shattered, however, his of death was illness. I've heard of them before? There was a problem with their kidneys. They were the most notorious rulers of Israel. Transfusion immediately. Or Shab and Jezebel drove the nation of Israel further and the further into idolatry. Blood type was mostly the eight-day worship eight-day of Baal, of false god, and what? And in, well, in those Paisle, days, there were banks. And these two, Ahab and Jezebel, have gone down into history as two of the most wicked well, not people who ever lived. Anyone, I can prove that to you. And so, the doctor—how many people do you know that name their children Ahab or Jezebel? Right. Well, he's I've heard of a few of those at home for it's a little, rare, very, rare. very very rare just and maybe it's some kind of a sadistic joke I don't know when a person does that to their as child driving home so Ahab and Jezebel are really really bad people and they have this son named Joram and he becomes king after God gets rid of Ahab and Jezebel so they are killed and the soldier's crying my father God. never said anything the bible has little good to say about Joram he just even though he's driving down there as his and home and the soldier Joram reign was just a few seven years, years there coming but he had continual head. problems with his neighbors to the northeast, the, the, northeast, the Arameans, Arameans, the nation of Aram, Aram. His mother but today is pretty much modern Syria. couldn't find anyone, but he's surprised by the fact that Israel has problems with Syria. Is just going what, what was, was going on back then? Spend what was probably Our story this morning centers on an event about three years into King King Joram's reign. His capital city was called Samaria. And on the dog tags. And the Aramean dead. army came against the city and besieged the city. And, you know, they locked them down inside. And they started building these ramps against their trying to get into the city. And they had successfully repelled Good. them. And so they're surrounded by this other army. live And their, their food supply, years. their water supply, everything is dwindling. And to this day, the family doesn't know it. the name really, of their soldier. The levels, My father still, but it's true that's because the story is told before our text Angel of two women. <laughs> Who somehow were in the same house? Maybe they didn't have husbands, or maybe their husbands had died. I don't know. But each of them maybe have a small a child, and then they were type. And they are so hungry the love that they strike them. an agreement with each other that the today, today, the love of to stay alive ourselves, God we will kill Jesus. your son and These eat him to us so that we could give to others. And so that love is a very rare type are. of love. You don't find that every day. Day or two later, they're hungry again. The agreement was. for so what we'll type of love do you have? And when they went to kill the second child, but, but what that type mother of had hidden the child. Are and and willing to give you lots to someone? the city of Samaria is food. <laughs> to give it to someone can't imagine who? that. You hear of these stories in what's wrong? But I, this is a whole you're city. No willing really, to, you to see the are really, really so the can come to know Jesus. Our story this morning centers, however, on four, four lepers. lepers. Four lepers are outside the city of Samaria. That may they may not Lepers are up. never allowed inside the city. You know, that he would die, and they're trapped outside. They can't get in the gate. blood They don't have any food either, but they can't go anywhere because they're surrounded. By the Armenian army, just like everyone else. It may be some. So these guys are more desperate than everyone else. bag of And so they start talking. What are we going to do? You can't go in the city. Day We can't stay here. It may be some Goodbye. random act of kindness. The only thing we have, our only hope, is to go out to the other army, to the enemy army, Welcome and maybe somebody will take pity on us and give us a few pounds of bread for the day, There's something to, okay. to survive. Maybe they'll let us pass through. We can go Not out into the better. you know the wilderness and maybe fend for ourselves out there. On the other so that's where we are in 2 say chapter seven. And if you want to follow along, I'm gonna give or that. just follow I'm on gonna, the screen, which is i gonna pay very, very, very easy for you. <laughs> because this is Chapter so seven. Second to Kings. God's kingdom. What type of form? I with leprosy at the entrance of the city gate. They said to each other, why stay here until we die? Even If we say we're going to the city, the famine is there and we will die. If we stay here, we will die. 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 These are people we've never seen we before. We answers. So let's go over to the camp of the Arameans and surrender. If they spare us, we <laughs> live. Them. If they kill us, Welcome then them. we die. <laughs> Give them your name. Not a lot of good options. And thus they got up and they went to the camp of the Arameans. When they reached the edge of the camp, leads, not a man was there. <laughs> For the Lord had caused the Arameans to hear the sound of chariots and horses and a great army, Praise so that they said to one another, Look, Father, I pray the king of Israel, is Israel has hired the Hittite and Egyptian kings to attack us. So they got up and fled in the dusk and, uh, and abandoned their tents and their horses and their donkeys. They didn't even stop to jump on their horse. They just ran for their lives. They left the camp as it was and ran for their lives. The men who had leprosy reached the edge of the camp and they entered one of the tents. They ate and drank and carried away silver, gold, and clothes, and they went off and hid them. They returned and entered another tent. They took some things from it and hid them also. Then they said to each other, we're not doing right. This is a day of good news, and we are keeping it to ourselves. If we wait until daylight, punishment will overtake us. Let's go at once and report this to the royal palace. So the lepers decide to go to the enemy camp for mercy, and they hope to be thrown a few scraps of food, but instead they find the camp deserted, and all the things are left. All the food is there. The food is still on the table. The people are sitting down to eat, these other soldiers. They walk into the tent. Food's still warm. Wow, look at this. Where is everybody? Well, they're starving, so they just gorge themselves on it. And they look around, and there's some clothing there, and there's some gold and silver and everything, and they say, man, There's nobody else around. Let's grab it up. Let's take it out and let's hide it. So they hide it from the first tent. They go to the second tent. Exact same thing. Every tent they go into is the same way. And they're just as stuffed as they could be. And all of a sudden the light comes on. You know, All of a sudden it dawns on them. Just a little ways from here, there's a whole city. They're all starving to death. This is not good. This is not right. This is a day of good news. And we're keeping it to ourselves. And so they go and they tell the king. The king sends out some people to investigate everything. And we know that the Arameans have have been so panicked by God that they scatter everything all the way to the Jordan River, which is many miles away. He sends out some soldiers and chariots, and they try to chase down this army to see what they're doing, and they just found things strewn everywhere. They're just thrown away in haste, fearful for their lives. And so the king Joram... Let's the whole king, uh, the whole city open the gates, everybody runs out to the camp of the Arameans, and they start gorging themselves too. And the day is saved. The city is saved. Did you read my church newsletter article this month for September? Now, I know some of you never read the newsletter. I don't know what I can do about that. But I had a really good article this time, so I hope you read it. <laughs> it asked a question. The question was this, what do people need? What do people in our world need? What do your neighbors need? What do your coworkers need? What does your family member need? Well, they need food and clothing, of course. These are obvious needs. They need a roof over their heads most of the time. You can get away with that for a little while, but most of the time you need a place to live. You need connections with other people because these relationships are very important to us. So we don't want to be alone. We don't want to be just fending for ourselves. We need meaning, we need purpose for our lives. Somebody would throw that in there, obviously. As I thought about this, I thought, they need help, they they need hope. Maybe most of all, we need hope. We need to know that there is hope for the future, that there is hope for today. Without hope, there is no reason to keep on living, is there? If you feel like your situation is hopeless, isn't that why people like Robin Williams take their life? Isn't that why, you know, everything seems to be going for them, but inside, and their their psyche and their, their emotions, they're thinking, there is no hope. Things are not going to get better, they're going to get worse. And so I'm going to end it now before that can happen. A number of years ago, researchers uh, performed an experiment. They wanted to study the effect that hope has on living beings. And so... You know, researchers like to use rats, so they got some laboratory rats, and they divided them into two different groups. And they were placed in separate tubs of water. And the researchers left one set in the water and found that in within an hour, all of the rats in that tub had died. They drowned. But the other rats that were swimming around in the same, very similar kind of tub, they would take them out periodically. Lift them up, then put them back. They kept doing this as long as the rats were living, and the rats in that tank lived for 24 hours because there was hope, because there was at least some idea that maybe somebody's going to lift me out of here again. I'll get a little rest. And so they just kept struggling, hoping that maybe the same thing would happen again. I heard about a college graduate who had just graduated. He had hope. Maybe he had too much hope. He was a young accountant fresh out of school, so he got an interview with this really big company. And he thought, man, this is a place I'd like to work, you know. There's a lot of good stuff around here. A lot of people make a lot of money around here. And reached the end of the job interview. It had gone pretty well. And the person doing the interview, the HR person said to this, person, this young man, he says, well, what starting salary, you know, were you hoping for? What starting salary would you expect to receive, given your qualifications? And this this young upstart, straight out of college, says, well, I was kind of thinking the neighborhood of $100,000 would be year a, a, a year would be good, depending on the benefits package, he said. he thought he'd throw, throw that in there. The interviewer said, well, what would you say if I offered you a package of five weeks vacation, full medical and dental, a company retirement fund to 50% of salary, executive share option scheme, profit-related pay, and a company car leased every two years, Say so, uh, maybe a Series 5 BMW? What would you say to that? <laughs> and the graduate sat up and he, he said, wow, are you kidding? He said, yeah, I am, but you started it. <laughs> <laughs> Sometimes we're all for more than what we're really going to get. You really think you're going to start off at $100,000 a year? Come on. <laughs> hope. We all need hope. Do you think it's a coincidence that our church is called New Hope? Not at all. <laughs> do you think that all those names we looked at when we were changing our name, there were over 100 on that list, a lot of things offered, and somehow we ended up settling with this name? Do you think that was coincidental? coincidence? Do you think that was an accident? Or do you think maybe God had a very good reason to get us to settle on that name? It's because people need hope. Everyone we meet needs hope. Doesn't matter what they look like, doesn't matter how successful, or what, a, what seems like to be an abject failure of a person. whatever you may think on first impression, or whatever you may think after getting to know them a little bit, it doesn't matter. Every person you ever meet needs hope. Somehow, somewhere, we've got to have hope. And somehow, somewhere, people lose their hope. And when they lose their hope for the future, their hope for today, they give up. Where do we find our hope? (laughs) Well, that's part of our name, too. In Christ, New Hope Christian Church. In Jesus alone, we find hope. He is our hope. He is a hope that is ever new. He is a hope that is always sufficient for every day of our lives. And it doesn't matter whatever may happen to you, and how far down you go, and how many troubles you have heaped upon you, how many burdens, how many things you brought on yourself, or somebody brought on you, it doesn't matter. If you still have Jesus, then you still have hope. Because he is much bigger than any circumstance, anything you will ever face in this life. Everyone we meet needs hope. And everyone we meet needs Jesus. There's nobody outside that list. And guess what? We have Jesus. It's not like we have all of Jesus, you know, or we're the only ones with Jesus. But we have Jesus. We have the hope that everyone needs. And our job, our our responsibility, our privilege is to share Jesus with the people around us. Because He is the one they need. He is the one who can bring hope to their lives. So here's the big question. How can we get Jesus our hope to those who are hopeless? Well, you do it in very simple, very ordinary ways. Ways By taking time for them. By meeting some of their physical needs. By befriending them. By by making a point, at some point, to tell them about Jesus. Because it's not you that's their hope. It's not your friendship. It's not what resources you can bring to their lives that they can put their hope in. It's only Jesus. So, the main thing is to get Jesus to the people who are hopeless. Because He is our hope. And we need to find a thousand different ways to give people what they need, Jesus, our hope. Samaria was saved by God when all hope was nearly gone. And God used four lepers to do it. The most unlikely candidates were the heroes of the day. Because they, once they saw the blessing of God, once they saw the salvation of God, went back to the city, and the whole city then was saved. This world can be saved by God through the grace of Jesus Christ when we sinners, who are sinners saved by grace, start telling everyone else what we found. It's like that starving person letting people know where the food is. And that thirsty person that was was about ready to die of thirst finds water, and he goes back and tells everyone else dying of thirst, I found it. Come and find it. Come and drink it. Come and eat of this. Watch this video with me for a minute, please.